Do you find yourself in spaces as a minority woman where the gospel calls you to love, but you find yourself short of what to do or what to say in those moments? Do you ask yourself often, Lord, how do I work as an agent of reconciliation in these spaces where you have me? Well, today we're going to talk about that and many more things that center around how the gospel calls us to engage in racial reconciliation. So whether you're in the midst of working out, doing laundry, hanging with your kiddos, or sipping a cup of joe, keep listening because God's word has a truth for your everyday life. Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. Welcome back, ladies, to the Urban Christian Woman podcast. Um, We are so excited today to be digging into this topic of racial reconciliation Mm -hmm. and what does it mean to be a reconciler coming specifically from the minority context. Um, So we're going to be talking about what is ultimately God's good design for reconciliation, what the purpose is behind it. Um, and how we ourselves walk in that as women of color. So before we jump into that, I definitely want to encourage you all, if you haven't yet, to check us out on social media, Instagram and Facebook at The Urban Christian Woman. Um, If you haven't had a chance to subscribe to the podcast, jump on over and subscribe. Jump on over and leave a review. That really blesses us to even hear how The Urban Christian Woman podcast is impacting you and also helps to get the word out to other women to be able to hear about the podcast as well. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. And then, um, yeah, Toshiba's here. I'm here. And we're going to jump what into up? this topic. What up? What so up? this is a topic for me that is I'm super passionate about talking about and yes. about really <laughs> shepherding like our hearts around it from a biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are around for the first couple episodes, especially our introduction, you know that for me, my role in life is walking out um, in a ministry of reconciliation. That's what I do in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So I'm passionate about that, but also as a woman of color, realizing that what that looks like from the day-to-day, not only in spaces of loving my neighbor, but in one-on-one relationships, Mm -hmm. um, takes on a different challenge, I want to say. Takes on a different... um, approach. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the call to be reconciled and to be a reconciler mm-hmm. is consistent no matter who you are. Come on. When you're coming from the scripture. Mm-hmm. So, that's what we that's where we really want to start um and then go from there as to what that looks like for us specifically as women of color and then broadly as women of the city. So, yeah. So, we do want to come to it from the biblical perspective. We realize that because of the work um, that Christ did on the cross, reconciling us to God, that we are now given the ministry of reconciliation. So we are reconciled to God and he charges us not only to spread the message of that reconciliation back to our creator, but also to walk out that reconciliation to our neighbor. Right. And I often use the image of the cross as an illustration of this, right? So the image of the cross, the figure, the symbol of the cross is from top to bottom, God coming down to be reconciled with us and then reaching across from one to another. So the sign of the cross is this whole picture of reconciliation. The gospel of reconciliation is not just about your neighbor, but the whole picture of reconciliation is a puzzle piece that basically fits together and says, because 
God has done the work of being rec- of reconciling us to himself, mm-hmm. then the outpouring of that then is that we walk out this ministry of reconciliation to the people around us. And that sounds super beautiful. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> the way that yeah. you just articulated that, Leah, I, I mean, it's very clear. I can visualize that. So tell me mm-hmm. what's up with the issues then? Yeah. Like yeah. in our culture mm-hmm. today and I mean, our flesh is in the way. Right. In right. many spaces as minority women, mm-hmm. as majority women, our flesh are in the way. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean why are it we is in the this space. Yeah, the symbol of it is beautiful and it's you know, intentional, but as women of color, it's it's a challenge because mm-hmm of the spaces that we come from in the history of our culture and our nation specifically, we can often hold on to these feelings of um, self-protection and for me, even feelings of anger that block the ministry of reconciliation. So I've come from the mentality or have heard shared with me the mentality of the majority culture owes me to demonstrate X, Y, and Z before I act as a reconciler, as a person Mm. of color. Mm -hmm. Or maybe just holding on to this attitude of frustration and anger over actual legitimate hurts. I mean, we've walked through some really, even in the past 10 years as a nation, like walked through some really difficult things in the realm of, of racial relationships. So, you know, I could hold on to those things. I could hold on to those hurts that prevent me from stepping out as a reconciler. Mm-hmm. And so I am asking myself, like, in those places when it's difficult, why should I stick my neck out as a reconciler? Right. What what benefit does that have? And so all of that, then I have to track back to, okay, well, what does the word say? Right. So let's take it there first. Right. So talk to us, Toshiba, about where are we coming from from Old Covenant? What does the word say? And what is the, what is the foundation for any purpose or intention in reconciliation? Yeah, you know, I definitely, before we go to Old Covenant, yeah. I, I want to say this because um, I think oftentimes for us as Christians and specifically minorities, mm-hmm. m- minority people, we want all people to embrace and demonstrate yeah. that reconciliation. Yeah. And so I just want to just throw this out there out there as a preface mm-hmm. because and we're going to talk about this in old covenant mm-hmm. but ultimately because we live in a fallen world yeah. that and people are not reconciled to God I'm there is no expectation right. for us as minority urban christian women right. Right. to have the expectation of the world to reconcile themselves. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be sort of going back and forth. I think in this conversation around the space of those who do not profess the name of Christ, Mm -hmm. but for us who are professing the name of Jesus saying he is the Lord of my life. I've laid down my life. I've picked up his cross Mm -hmm. and I'm following after him and his heart and his mission well, okay, now we in a different space, yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah. So can I just say that Absolutely. from jump? I Absolutely. just needed to say that. Yeah. And so that being said, looking at Old Covenant, mm-hmm. you know, if you've listened to this podcast <laughs> for, since we're only on episode seven, 
any time between two and and six, <laughs> you know that we nail down old covenant because the Bible is a full, complete narrative mm-hmm. from beginning to end. It's not separated. And so in Genesis 1, 27 through 28, we see God's mission to literally make man in his image after his likeness for the glory of his name. And not only does he do that, but he also blesses it. Mm -hmm. And after he blesses it, he charges them to be fruitful, to multiply and fill the earth. earth. And so one, here's a couple of things that we can take away. Number one is that God himself is relational. Mm -hmm. Number two, he then pours out his, his character of relationality. I don't even know if that's a word or we're going to go with it. We're going to go with it. Boom. Okay. He, he himself is relational and he pours that out upon his, upon humankind, his creation through male and female. And then he charges them with the mission Mm -hmm. to fulfill that relationship, that relatability, that relationality, um, throughout the earth. And so we see it in Genesis 1, 27 through 28. And then when you begin to go to the narrative of Genesis 12, Genesis 12 is the, um, the extension or the commissioning and fulfilling of God's plan to be on mission for all people to multiply and fill the earth, okay? And so we see the Abrahamic covenant where Abraham is now being commissioned. And out of that, God says that he's going to make nations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I want to talk, just just say this caveat because if, if you're looking in old covenant, you see God going from two people mm-hmm. to multiplying after the fall from Genesis three and, um, fulfilling his still plan through Noah and his three sons mm-hmm. through multiplication. Mm-hmm. And then after that, his three sons who are multiplied, Abraham comes through yeah. and Abraham is the fulfillment of that covenant towards multiplication of nations nations. of the nations. So God's heart, his plan is not, um, it is for the nations Mm -hmm. and he does that through one person, Mm -hmm. one people. And yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate covenant. That's the ultimate. So I love, I love what you're saying that really at the heart of, of God's heart, is the unity of a broad spectrum of nations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there is oneness, mm-hmm. but then there's also the multiplication of many nations. That's right. Ethnicities, representations, reflections of God's own multifaceted image. That's right. Being distinct in and of themselves. Come on. But being unified because it came, because they came from one man. That's right. That's absolutely correct. And so if that is the crux through which we look at why we should be reconciled, then we might be onto something. We might be. We might be onto something. We might actually be onto something. And I think that that is, this is not even application, but this is where 
the narrative gets mm -hmm. lost. And, and, and I'm going to talk about this until I go to glory, <laughs> which is why we need to be biblically literate yes. urban women. Absolutely. You need to know God's word and study God's word because as you study God's word, you know God. And mm -hmm. as you know God, you love him more. And as you love him more, just what Leah was talking about, you are able to stretch. Mm -hmm. You see the stretching out of the cross to love one another. Mm -hmm. This this directly is communicated and connected to mm -hmm. the first two commands that God gives us to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm -hmm. And then we're able to love our oh, neighbor, neighbor as ourselves. Yep. The other thing that I want to say is, is that when our culture tells us that there is one, one perfect race, one better race, we immediately need yes. to cast that down and embrace the truth yes. that actually you know what? We are all, mm -hmm. we are all mixed in together. Mm -hmm. And God's beautiful design. His design. His, his intentional his design. His intentional design yeah. is for the beauty of multifaceted, mm -hmm. multiplied, multiplication of nations. Mm -hmm. Because the nations mm -hmm. is what he desires. It's what his heart is after. Yes. Absolutely. It's what his heart is after yeah. and it's what his heart is coming back for. Yeah. But I'm not going to jump there because <laughs> Leah is going to talk about that yes. in the new covenant. Yes. And so from there we see Genesis 1:27, God's original plan from man to, and, and we see it, man multiplied, mm -hmm. taking out of the rib, bringing in woman. And then after that, there's still multiplication. After multiplication comes the nations, the yeah. multitudes. So that's what I like to say, mm -hmm. you know, after multiplication comes multitude. Come the multitudes. Comes Love the multitude. Love it. And then we get ourselves further along because what ends up happening is as people, mm -hmm. we desire to experience that multifaceted yeah. multitude of nations. But our fallenness from Genesis 3 mm -hmm. allows, constantly causes us to be at war. To be divided. And yep. be divided yeah. because of sin. And fast forwarding, we get into this tiny little verse mm -hmm. in Malachi 2.10 that says, Have we not all one father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? What is the covenant? Hmm. It's his desire and his plan to redeem all, all nations, all yeah. people, yeah. all nations. Yeah. yeah. Leah? Yeah. So I can't, I, I can't even skip over this moment. <laughs> Malachi 2.10 is the life verse of Dr. John Perkins. Mm. And if you haven't read any of his work or listened to any of his, he's got, you know, many talks on YouTube. I would highly recommend checking it out because this is, this is his heart. He often goes yeah. back to Malachi in just that plea to realize our oneness mm -hmm. in Christ mm -hmm. and how the call then is to step out and, and begin to walk in that oneness mm. as people. Mm. Um, so, but, but that oneness is not something that we attain ourselves. It was bought. It was created out of a space of, of, Christ modeling that through his own sacrifice. Yes, ma'am. So we got to we got to talk about that and we got to talk about with the new covenant the the example 
of Christ's reconciliation as the basis for which we take our cues for our own right walking out reconciliation that's right so we 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 look at that in Ephesians 1 I mean I'm sorry Ephesians 2 uh verses 11 through 22 and I'm just going to read it because the word is powerful in and of itself come on therefore remember at one time you gentiles in the flesh the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time mm-hmm. separated from Christ, mm-hmm. alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and mm-hmm. strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, Girl. you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our Girl, peace. I'm, I'm not even able to keep going. I'm going to here on this podcast already. I Who has made us both one and has mm. broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility yep. by abolishing the laws of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to you who are near. Mm. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Mm. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. Girl, we got drop, right? Mic drop, (laughs) mic drop. Okay. That's it. I'm about to be so on fire. That's it. Oh, I I mean that in and of itself, just break this down for us. Yes. Bring the nuggets out. So much unpacking to be done. Unpack this joint. So much unpacking to be done. I mean, we, we have, we have spelled out for us the example of Christ. First of all, that's right. That we were alienated. Come on. Okay. Separated from Christ. Separated strangers of the covenant. Come on. Having no hope and without God in the world. So we, we are in a place of not only, being alienated but having no hope having no way to be actually reconciled that's right but now in christ jesus so he is the key that those who are far off are be are able to be brought near come on and what i love is that when we talk about reconciliation often we talk about you know creating peace or making peace and this passage tells us that he himself is our peace but how peace was bought through blood that's it so oftentimes, you know, in like in times of, of tur- you know, turbulent social situations or whatever, we're often like praying for peace. But we have to remember as Christians that peace was bought through a sacrificial and bloody act. Woo! And so if we forget that, then we forget the cost of peace. Come on. That peace is actually sacrifice. Mm. So. Woo! Girl. Say that I, I one more stop. time. I gotta stop. Say that one more time. I know you about to shout in here. Yeah. In the playroom, you about to shout. <laughs> but peace was brought. Yes. And is brought by a sacrifice. By a sacrifice. Mm. By a sacrifice. And if we can hinge on that, then we can understand not only why Christ came and did what he did for us. That's it. But how we but how we respond to that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, you know, listen. Just Jesus. <laughs> just Jesus. I know. Leah about just to be Jesus. in here pre- preaching right now. She's about to be in here preaching. And then for it to say, though, Leah, like I'm looking at verse 13. Yeah. And listen, it, 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 we chose to be afar off. Yeah. Okay. It mm-hmm. was not, we chose that choice. And because of that choice, it does not mean that we cannot be brought near. Right. And that's why he right. came. Right. He brought us near. It was through his sacrifice on the cross. Right. And then the only way to experience it, it says in verse 14, for he himself yeah. Yeah. is our peace. Yeah. And so we were just talking about this earlier in the first part, which is, our peace mm-hmm. is not going to come from right. a circumstance. Right. It is going to come from a singular person, person. and yes. his name yes. is Jesus. Yes. yes. His name is Jesus. Yes. And in him doing that, he not only broke down the wall of hostility mm-hmm. Through between us and God, Mm -hmm. but he has broken down the wall of hostility between us and man. Yes. Yes. And so when we're not even engaging in his peace, Mm -hmm. there is going to be hostility. There's going to be hostility. Come on, my honey. Yes. I'm sorry. I got caught up. No, I, yeah, you got, (laughs) I got caught up in that. I got caught in that. It's it's absolutely there. It's absolutely there. And I think even just talking about how he has killed the hostility, like he's done that, as you said, through one person, right? Right. For, for us both. We're talking about, so Paul, we got to talk about the actual context. Yeah, Paul talk is talking about, about the Gentiles and the Jews. And basically this crazy mystery of the gospel is that somehow to a, to a law abiding law following Jew, he, his mind is blown that the gospel is also for the Gentiles. Come on now. Cause they've been living their whole life. According to the commands, even though let's all be honest, they couldn't keep the commands. Right which is the Old Testament, right. over and over and over and right. over again. Right. And so they're like, wait a minute, I right. thought we were chosen. Right. Does this does this narrative sound familiar? Right. I thought we were I right. thought we were the ones <laughs> that was gone. Yeah. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So carry so on. So as Christ then in his sacrifice just basically blows that whole thing wide Blow, open. Boom. Blew it open. Paul boom. is Paul's mind is also blown. <laughs> Cause he been out here doing what? Yeah. He been out here Pers- killing fire. Yeah. He was out here killing jumping. Yeah. And so that the fact that both mm. a a a group two groups of folks that were hostile come on and alienated from each other that's right are actually brought to one God that's through right. one body in Ooh. Jesus mm. is what then breaks down that wall of hostility from one to another. Mm. Because there are not two ways. For two isolated, hostile group of people. There are not two ways. There's one way. Mm -hmm. There's one body. There's one man. And so in order to come to that reconciliation with God, two two groups of people are coming together around the same path. That's it. That's it. So this is is the mystery and the miracle of the gospel that Paul is talking about. And the miracle. Come on now. 
For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Mm-hmm. So we are we are fellow saints and in the, in the members of, of the household of God. Come that on. is all built around Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. The cornerstone. So all of, the, all of this is basically saying that because one man reconciled us to God, we belong to each other. Mm-hmm. We belong to each other. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, this is the message. This is the message of the gospel Mm -hmm. that one man brought reconciliation from our brokenness, from our helpless, hopeless estate. Yes. Without alienated and without hope, without God in the world brought us to God, our father Mm -hmm. and brought us together on one path. Mm hmm. So that the walls of hostility from one to another are also broken down. And that's that's God's goodness right there. That's God's goodness. And Leah, I love this last verse. When we're looking at Ephesians 2.22, it says, he closed, it's closed out with this. In him, in Christ, mm-hmm. you also are being built. That yes. is a present, Process. progressive yes. work. Yes. That is a yes. constant, ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, this is an ongoing thing. And as we are in pursuit of that, we are being built together Together, his desire is for togetherness unity oneness Mm -hmm. as leah is saying Mm -hmm. into a dwelling place for god Mm -hmm. it's not as and so it goes back to the catechism i'm thinking about you know one of the catechisms which is what is the chief end of man to glorify god and enjoy him forever we're Mm -hmm. not experiencing joy unless we're glorifying Mm -hmm. him and we're not glorifying him unless we are being Mm -hmm. built together Mm -hmm. by the spirit in jesus name yeah yes (laughs) okay okay so toshiba walk us through like what how are we seeing God's character in all this? I mean, if I if y'all don't see God's character by now, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Mic yeah. check. Is this thing on? Yes. Yes. But walk us through that. Yeah. I First of all, we see, I mean, if you are not, if you're listening to this podcast and you are not standing in awe and beholding mm-hmm. the beauty of our God, beholding the beauty of diversity, I mean, that's the first thing that I just want to say. Yeah. But in the midst of all of that, what we see is God's character Mm -hmm. of being creator. He is the creator of all things. He is the author of all things. And those things are good. They are God glorifying. They are God edifying. And it points to his very creation. It points to him as creator, Mm -hmm. you know, and when we are actually not reflecting that, it actually is minimizing yeah. and cheapening what he has already done. So we see God as the creator of all things, but then we see God through Christ as a reconciler. Mm-hmm. God is a reconciler and a redeemer of not just our souls, but to himself. Mm-hmm. And so because 
he, he is a reconciler. He invites us into the ministry yeah. of reconciliation yeah. to reflect his glory. Mm-hmm. And as we're reflecting the beauty and the glory of his character, mm-hmm. we're pointing towards him being creator. We're mm-hmm. pointing towards him being the author of all things. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I see. I see God as creator. Yeah. I see God as reconciler yeah. amongst many other things. Mm-hmm. Amongst many other things. But yeah. specifically in these, creator yeah. and author. Yeah. One thing we can, and I just feel like I have to land here for a moment because we're talking, Sheba and I are talking from the perspective of women of color, and that in and of itself has its own challenges. Mm-hmm. When we're t- now, you, let me walk this back. So we have we have two examples of we almost have two examples of types of reconciliation now we're one in christ we're talking about how we belong to each other within the body of christ Mm -hmm. now walking out reconciliation within the body of christ is absolutely essential Mm -hmm. now walking as a reconciler in the world yeah is a challenge yeah and also essential Mm -hmm. and so i think even for us the example of christ in philippians 2 which talks about how he humbled himself and laid you know talks about the sacrifice yep that is to me a place where we can can hinge for how to walk out reconciliation in the world Mm -hmm. particularly as women of color Mm -hmm. because you can easily say that when I feel wronged or when I feel like there's this legacy yeah. of hurt, that there that there is something owed to me before I take that step of reconciliation. And that's just not the model of Christ. The model of Christ right. is humbling himself, laying laying down those rights. He did not account equality with yeah. God as something to be grasped, but humbled himself yeah. even to the point of death. Yeah. And so I think, you know, walking out that humility and saying the the sacrifice is there and the sacrifice is worthwhile mm-hmm. is just and I don't I don't even say that lightly because it's such a it's such a wrestle it's such a deep place of having to discern what exactly it is that God wants me to do or to say in those spaces yeah. but I do just need to I feel like I need to touch on that because that is that is something that I myself have wrestled with yeah um and can Possibly even just just the example of of Christ's life can give us hope in that space. Yeah. Can I also say something too, Leah, which sort of coincides with that, Mm -hmm. which is why you're saying you're not lessening it. The reason why you're not lessening it is because in order to embrace the truth of the gospel and what has been done for us, we have to expose and own the yeah. brokenness of yeah. the situation. Yeah. And so it's it's not dismissing. You have to start at the place of saying, you know what? This actually did happen to me. Mm-hmm. This person was, it, this person sinned against me through the context yeah. of a, a racial remark or a prejudice statement, or I'm offended by uh, the hurt that I've experienced through this historically as well as personally as an individual. But thanks mm-hmm. be to God. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and I think in the midst of, for me, what I've also had to be reminded of as a woman of color is 
listen, is this the only space of my life that I live in is a woman of color? No, I live in a space of being a woman. Mm. I live in the space of being a wife. Mm. I live in the space of being a mom. I live Mm. in the space of being a neighbor and a friend. And when I think about that, then it causes me to then reflect, well, how do I sin against others? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And in the midst of the recognition of my own sin, then I'm like, Jesus, I forgive me. And you've forgiven me so much. Help me to show mercy because you are a God of mercy towards me. When I sin against majority culture with my words, when I sin against Mm -hmm. my spouse, when I sin against my Mm -hmm. children, when I sin against my neighbor, Mm -hmm. when I sin against those who are in authority, I don't know, you know, I'm just being honest, you know? And so I think that there is this constant tandem that has to be played Mm -hmm. of when we want to go into the space of laying in the hurt of the sin, Mm -hmm. we have to look back at how Christ redeems when we sin against others. Does that make sense? That's self-reflection. The self-reflection. That's self-reflection. The self-reflection, girl. Yeah, which is humbling. And that's that's to me, relationally, when we even as we're talking about reconciliation, reconciliation racial reconciliation, yes, reconciliation in general, in any type of relationship. Yes, ma'am. Can be benefited from through that self-reflection. That self-reflection brings humility because like you said, you realize before God how you fall in lack. Yeah. And if you fall in lack and he has forgiven you, like how gracious then does he call you to be as you face each other, as yeah. you face one another, whoever you're in relationships with. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah that's. Yeah. And so we're not saying dismiss the mm-hmm. honesty of the moment. Mm-hmm. We're saying, no, own it for what it is. Yeah. See it for what it is, which is sin, brokenness, fallenness from Genesis 3. Yep. Understand God's heart in the beginning prior to sin, which was for mankind to reflect his triune Mm -hmm. relational aspects and for the nations Mm -hmm. and then say well man if that's god's heart from genesis one how can i hold on to this unforgiveness how can i hold on to this resentment lord begin to deal with me about this yes i think yeah laying your heart before him and saying deal with me first lord Mm -hmm. before i even attempt to deal with how to interact or engage in this relationship with my words or with my actions or whatever, you know, deal with my heart first. Mm -hmm. Um, And often, you know, he's going to speak to us through his word. He's going to speak to us through the example of love in 1 Corinthians 13. When you're walking this out, you know, he's going to deal with us and reminding us that love, the example of love is not easily offended. That's right. It keeps no record of wrong. When we and when we faithfully entrust our hearts to Jesus, then mm-hmm. we don't have to hold them on Come as on. a part of what defines us. That's right. We don't have to jump up at every offense mm-hmm. and 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 shout it from our Facebook pages <laughs> in caps lock. In caps lock. Okay. In caps lock. You know, and and that is that is walking a path of humility because we realize the love that we've received, um, and you know, you you just. The response to that, I think, 
has to be has to come out of a place of humility and humility comes as we look at God's character and as we reflect on our own hearts through his word. Yeah, and and I mean like you landed right on it with 1 Corinthians 13:7 mm-hmm. that says love bears all things, yeah. believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And then I love this one tiny little sentence, three words, mm-hmm. love never ends. And when we look to Jesus, yes. he embodied this and he gives us the gift to embody it as well as yeah. we come and as we go as we rise as yeah. we sit as we walk by the way you know and so i mean we can rejoice in that mm-hmm. and, and while also embracing the lamenting we can also rejoice because he has given us a way of escape yeah. through his love and lavishing it upon others and you mentioned embracing the lament why don't you unpack that a little bit talk about what that actually is for you for us as as women of color in in wrestling through these issues of of reconciliation yeah i mean for me as a woman of color um i personally have had to lament not just in the injustice of what has happened today we live in cleveland so i know that my heart just broke over and over and over again and it still does at the injustice um, towards um, black boys. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just just heart-wrenching. And because I have sons, um, I think that that's a space that I have lamented and has awakened even more maybe some of the the brokenness, the, the... I hate to say it, but I mean, it's just real. Mm -hmm. The the election, Mm -hmm. the election and um, what the votes of evangelical Mm -hmm. white women did in my own personal soul Mm -hmm. and how I wanted to run and escape from them. But Jesus brought me right back to his word about my own sin and how I make poor choices and choose wrong things all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so it's caused me to lament towards the brokenness of that situation to say, man, could we not see, could we not see beyond ourselves? You know, could these women not see beyond themselves? So I've lamented towards the injustice of black bodies. I've lamented towards um, the brokenness of our political systems. Mm -hmm. And then I've lamented at the historical context through the educational systems. I mean, my goodness. I mean, like, that is a space that I really lament in because as I look at textbooks, it has been infiltrated that way. And my heart as a mother, as a woman, is Mm -hmm. to embrace literacy for my children Mm -hmm. and redeem the narrative. Like, to not just look at... um, me as a woman of color, as a black woman, to not just look at at my narrative um, as a black woman from Mm -hmm. slavery, but to redeem it, to look at it from the beginning. And then, I mean, for me, a huge part, I know I'm going into lamenting to also to to rejoicing, but what it did is it took me on a journey, Leah, towards saying, okay, you know what? I just need to hardcore see where I am in the narrative. Where am I in the scriptures? Mm -hmm. Not just from a place of brokenness, but 
ethnically yeah. I needed to do it. Yeah. And when I did it, it blessed my soul. I yes. mean, through the resource of Dr. McKissick with mm-hmm. Blacks in the Bible, through um, also just looking at the church fathers, my goodness, Augustine, Augustine Athanasius. Yeah, I mean, oh my goodness. And then to bring it all the way down to like early 1900s and my sister Mary McLeod Bethune who went to Moody Bible Institute but could not be a missionary in Africa and so she started a historically black college for women my goodness God is at work and I'm like you know what am I gonna sit here and lament or am I gonna rejoice in how he made me bless it yes and bless it and then say how am I continuing the mm-hmm, narrative mm-hmm. for the glory of his name? Mm-hmm. I got sidetracked. Yeah. This is this podcast is going <laughs> long, girl. But this is a place where we're this really is, passionate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a topic that that because it's so nuanced, like just needs space. It needs space. We just want to be therapeutic. <laughs> We want to be a space that is biblical we want to and be therapeutic. Come on now. Come on now. It's, so it's just beautiful. And, yeah. I th- and and what it allows me to do is not dismiss mm-hmm. my blackness mm-hmm. because I think that in moments of my life, Ooh. I have dismissed yeah. my blackness yeah. for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. But because of all of the brokenness of this world, the Lord brought me to a space where he was like, no, 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 yeah. honey, yeah. you can't dismiss <laughs> yeah. this no more. I'm bringing it to your doorstep Absolutely. and I'm telling you to deal with it holistically mm-hmm. in the context mm-hmm. of the gospel mm-hmm. and allow my word mm-hmm. to soothe, to calm, to redeem mm-hmm. and to allow allow you to be on mission. Yeah. Listen, y'all, I'm yeah. telling y'all right now, the urban Christian woman would not exist if those broken points yeah. were escaped and and pushed across the table and say, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to eat that course of the meal, <laughs> you know? So yeah. that's what I'll say. Lamenting that turns yeah. into beauty to rejoice in who Mm -hmm. my God is and then how he calls me to live out Mm -hmm. his beauty and not shy away from these places with grace and truth. All of it, all of it fits together. Who he's created us to be as Christians, as women, as women of color, like it all fits together and that's not a mistake. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be part, you know, pieced, piecemealed apart from each other. Yes. Holistically, it fits together as who God has called us to be. And Leah, can I, can I say this as well, which is, um, you know, I love the verse in Revelation 7, 9, mm-hmm. and I want to read it real quick because yes. this was a huge piece for me to not dismiss the fact that God wants me to live yeah. in the context of nation-minded living. Mm-hmm. Revelation 7, 9 says, after this, I looked and behold a great multitude. This is John. This is John telling the revelation of what he sees. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. Listen to these words, y'all. From every nation, from all tribes and people and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, the Lamb being Jesus Christ, clothed in white robes with palm branches. Y'all know about palm branches Mm -hmm. from Palm Sunday, Mm -hmm. okay? Come on now, somebody. (laughs) 
in their hands and crying out with a, with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. And let me tell you why this very verse blesses me. Mm-hmm. Because it says to Sheba, yes, you can rejoice in the beauty and how God made you, but you will not experience the fullness of yes. my beauty. Absolutely. In my, in my intricateness, if you are not engaged mm-hmm. with people who don't look like yes. you. Yes. Girl, I could preach yes. on this thing, but I'm not no preacher. I'm just a <laughs> proclamator and teacher and lover of the word. And because of that, mm-hmm. it actually wants me to say, man, when we all get together, we are a picture of crying a out. A greater reflection. Come on. Of the final fulfillment. The final fulfillment. We are. We are that greater reflection of it. We are. We are. When we do it here, I've, and I heard somebody say this, um, when Ooh. we do it here, we are rehearsing. Come on. We're rehearsing for revelation. Come on. So there's beauty in that because that's that's what God intends to fulfill and that's what he will fulfill. Girl. So when we walk it out here, we're rehearsing what Come God's on. good design has always been for the end. Come on. So y'all, can we just be a part of the choir practice and the chorus? Okay. Okay. And, and I just feel like saying this right yeah, now because the it. Holy Spirit is leading me to say, say it. it, which is if you're around people who only look like you, you are not reflecting the beauty of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are not. And there is, I mean, I know that some of us live in these spaces where there aren't many, but I'm telling you just to get outside of your comfort zone and begin to engage people yeah. who don't look yeah. like you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it points to the salvation that mm-hmm. belongs to our God. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot to unpack. I know. <laughs> and so I feel like I, I feel even just the urge and the unction to, to hop on to maybe we can do some Insta stories this week about okay. what that actually looks like and some of the practical okay. sort of places and spaces for that because that's so good and it's so necessary to hear. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to do it justice in the next three minutes. We're not going to do it justice. Y'all, probably episode seven, I'm looking at the time clock as we're recording this podcast and I'm like, Lord, we on 44 minutes. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> well be done. You know, it's supposed to be like a 30 minute podcast. This probably should have been two parts, Yeah. but here's what we're saying. We will get on Insta stories and some of you guys may be be wondering, well, how do I navigate this? Mm -hmm. Not just in redeeming and looking at the holistic narrative of the Bible, but what are some Mm -hmm. resources? Mm -hmm. What what does this look like in the day to day? And so, yes, Leah, we can do that. We can try to flesh that out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be a blessing. Ultimately, we have to land the plane here that we cannot do this on our own. We Mm -hmm. need not only the example, uh, but we need the power of Christ at work in us to do this. And we need the mind of Christ to even just think through these processes, to think through these situations and how to actually walk out, practically walk out reconciliation in the spaces where God has us Mm -hmm. as minority women. Mm -hmm. And so how do we get the mind of Christ? By staying in his word. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we walk out Christ by by asking the Holy Spirit to fill us moment by a moment mm-hmm. for these for these challenges, for these tasks, and for mm-hmm. the sanctification I think that mm-hmm. that he has for us. Mm-hmm. And to be a part of that wonderful chorus mm-hmm. in Revelation that will be singing glory to God forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So bless God. Will you pray for us? Yes. 
Lord God, we thank you and we praise you for this beautiful design that mm-hmm. you orchestrated in the beginning, Lord God. God, it was a part of your plan all along, Lord. You, It, it wasn't like this popcorn pop-up, oh, I think I'll do this. No, God, it was a part of your plan all along when you made man and woman mm-hmm. in your image to reflect your beauty and your glory. And God, for you to turn it into a multiplication of, of people and for that multiplication of people to turn into a multitude of nations. Mm-hmm. God, so that you could receive reconcile all people, all nations, every tribe, every tongue to yourself for the glory of your name. Mm -hmm. And so father, I pray for us as women of color, Lord God, um, that we would be women who God would, would look at you top to bottom through the lens Mm -hmm. of the physical, uh, visual picture of the cross and how you came down Lord and how you're inviting us in the in the moment of really seeing things as they are to to take on your likeness and humble ourselves before you oh god and ask you for your power to outstretch our hands to our neighbor to outstretch ourselves to that white sister or that indian sister or that latino or puerto rican sister god or or the korean or um or or uh chinese sister lord god father we're praying lord god the swedish sister lord god we're praying, God, that we would be women who live from the context of Revelation 7, 9. God, that we will uh, engage with those around us and 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 be a witness, Lord God, um, to, to the world, Lord God, that salvation belongs to our God. And then, Father, I pray for women of the city, women who are not um, in the minority culture as women of color, Lord God. We're praying, God, that they would hear the heart, God, and that they will reciprocate this posture that we have proclamated in um, this podcast today, God. Would you glorify yourself through our lives for the glory of your name and for the betterment of um, your people. For your sake, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.